0: Just a quick side note, bears mean the market's down, bull means the market's up. And if you're a bull, it's because you believe the market's going to go up. And if you're a bear, it's because you believe the market's going to go down. I, I realize it's, that's something redundant for a lot of the listeners, but I get that question regularly enough that I need to throw that's that a, out. That's a bunch of bull.
1: Uh, I can barely stand it.
0: Barely uh, bullish. Yes. Once more unto the breach, dear friends. Else fill the wall up with our English dead. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Personal Wealth Coach starring Jake and Jeff Matt McClure. Clure. Today we are going to talk to you about wealth coaching. Wait a minute, that's what we talk about every week, isn't it? Well, sort of.
1: I the economics, we talk about wealth coaching, though.
0: Economics, um, finance, some personal... On the program, we usually do pretty macro stuff, but uh, if you have questions about personal finance, we do that for sure. Uh, We've got to give some disclosures before we get started. We said the name of the program is The Personal Wealth Coach, and not coincidentally, that is also the name of an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. The two people speaking on the air are the people that uh, give advice through that firm. But we can't give you advice on the air or in a podcast or in any other broadcast format because of privacy issues and lots of other stuff. So what are we doing if we're not advising? We're educating. And just because the firm's registered with the SEC doesn't mean that the SEC somehow thinks that we are anointed or... Um, somehow given a seal of approval or any of that stuff. They don't do that. They are a regulatory authority and we're required to tell you that in case we say something stupid. Nope, scratch that. We say that plenty of times. We'd be barraging the SEC. Uh, in case we say something fraudulent or misleading in a way that could cause people to lose money. Um, let's see. We don't pay for this radio program. More on that later. Uh, we do pay for advertising. About the radio program, more on that later as well. Um, And you've got a disclosure. We're going through the disclosure at warp speed today.
1: Well, the information we present to you in this educational radio program, or internet program as the case may be, has been obtained from sources we deem to be reliable. However, we make no warranty or guarantee as to the accuracy or completeness of said information.
0: We do, however, warranty and guarantee that all unsaid information on the radio program is incomplete. There we are. Unless your intention was to simply be silent. And that's not ever complete. So it is incomplete. (laughs) So now that we've made that announcement, we're going to move on to what happened in the market this week.
1: Well, the S&P 500 index, otherwise affectionately known to those of us who follow it as the SPX. And the reason I put SPX on there is not because I want you to know the symbol or whatever. Accent do um, the reason we say that is because there's actually different versions of the S and P 500 index. Believe it or not, when you look at returns, so we one called the S P X, which is a simple pure form. It is a pretty good U S stock market barometer. It has its distinct flaws, and that about seven stocks are driving the train, whereas the rest of the market is not doing the same thing. And I'll explain that in just a minute. But it inched upward all week. It was kind of an interesting thing. It didn't inch smoothly upward. It bobbed up and down a lot. It's pretty clear that the bulls and the bears are fighting it out, the traders, on the market each day, but it ended up at the end of the week up 0.21%, which doesn't sound like much unless you multiply it times 52, and then it becomes a big number. The issue is the bears didn't win. The bulls held their ground, and after last week's pretty substantial rise of over 5%, uh, they held their ground by the end of the week, despite the pundit's which universally, as I read them, they seem to be convinced that the market is too high and it's due for a fall anytime. it's bound to fall. It's going to come down. I love that. By they've the been way. saying that. They've been saying that for the last year or more. and and by the way, that suggests when, to me that we're still in a bull market
0: when that's the consensus amongst people, th- this is a r- little reverse psychology. I'm going to just break into the to the market for just a second. When the headlines and the pundits, the people in the know, are all saying, this is amazing, the market can go up like this forever, that's when we're ready for a collapse. And when they say the market's due for a collapse any moment, and that's the preponderance of the people talking, then we're very comfortable. And the reason is not because people are lying to you. It's the opposite of that. If someone's telling you the market is going to go up and keep going up, and that's amazing, have they already bought into the market? Simple answer to that, yes. Yes so have a lot of other people. If the majority of people believe that the market is going to continue up into the forever future, then you have this consensus of the market is going to do this. So they buy. Then when they're saying the market's going to go up, that means all of the buyers have already bought. All that's left is for selling. And when everybody is saying the market's about to drop, what if they already done? They've already sold, which means that. All the people, or most of the people, large numbers of the people that are willing to sell have already done it. So it's a reverse kind of mentality, and it's one of my favorite things about the market. Back to you.
1: Well, this is the problem. The pundits are saying that the American Association of Individual Investors and all the other surveys they're doing have indicated that individual investors are very, very bullish, as bullish as they've ever been. But the columnists are bearish. This is one of those things that's different right now because, again, it's an issue where I think we're having across the economy something that the polls and the surveys are getting incorrect answers, possibly because of cell phones, possibly because people not answering their cell phones. I don't know. But People who volunteer, I think people who volunteer to take surveys may have a different view of the world than everybody else. But the the issue is that what we've done in the past is noted that as long as in the Wall Street Journal and in the financial media, the people they're calling for a market collapse anytime, we're generally in pretty good shape. Matter of fact, there used to be a thing when if there was a bull on the cover of Money Magazine, I haven't seen Money Magazine in many, many years, that the market was about to crash. And when there was a bear on there, it was about to surge upward. And well, it was very consistent for many, many years.
0: Just a quick side note. Bears mean the market's down. Bull means the market's up. And if you're a bull, it's because you believe the market's going to go up. And if you're a bear, it's because you believe the market's going to go down. I, I realize that's, that's something redundant for a lot of the listeners, but I get that question regularly enough that I need to throw that's that out. A, that's a
1: bunch of bull. Oh, uh, I can barely stand it.
0: Barely uh, bullish.
1: Yes. Anyway... um, they've been citing statistics and surveys but they've been citing it for a year now since october of last year when the market was uh, 28% it's risen 28% since then but they in october of last year they were citing the surveys saying everybody is too optimistic they're too uh Bullish, the market is going to collapse. So I don't think that's a good indicator. That I don't think they have the. I don't think they have I don't know what's going to happen in the future. To be honest with you. But the the, the S and P five hundred is at forty six oh four point three seven, and the, I I mentioned benchmarks from time to time. 4,000 was a benchmark, 4,400 is a benchmark, and we're up from there. The It's up 19.92% this year, about 29% from last October, and up over 25% from this time three years ago. Now, l- listen to that carefully. This year, it's up 19%, but it's only up 25% from three years ago. If you look at those numbers, you realize that why it's important if you're an investor in the stock market that you need to stick it out for the long term because the numbers go all over the place. And what happens is you take a much longer view and the economy, if the economy of the United States is still growing and it has been growing for a long time, uh, then the stock market will probably go up too over time. Anyway, so we're we're getting close to what we call the end of the bear market at least i do and that is i say a bear market occurs from the top until it exceeds another top in other words in in 2022 in january the s p 500 and every other in index that i know of about the stock market hit a record high and it has been lower than that ever since the s p 500 is now only about four percent lower than it was at the beginning of twenty twenty two. If we can, if they can, if it can do another four percent, it'll break even. If it does five percent, and this is where I, Jeff, consider the bear market to be over, because the bear market to me is the entire period it's down. Now that's not the standard. The standard is while the market is going down, it's in a bear market, now, and when it hits bottom, it starts up and in the bull market.
0: I'm going to call you on that because it, it goes with mood. I think sometimes, like we made a big announcement when we thought the bull market had begun at the bottom of the market. We hit it spot on. And we re, we mm-hmm. said at the time, this is what, isn't what we consider a bull versus a bear, but that's the traditional thing. So as the mood takes us, sometimes we say one way or the other. Yeah,
1: you're right. We follow another one, another index called the CRSP, US Mid-Cap Value Index. And it's kind of like the companies that are in the mid-cap value index. It's one that you won't see very much about and almost nobody has heard of. Uh, and then the companies in there are that way too. They're companies that are priced below what is considered to be fair market value and they're mid-cap companies that generally are not known nationally. Um, but it's a good measure what's going on in the heart of the U.S. stock market. It turned in a positive week. It rose 0.08 to 240155. It has a positive year to date, only 2.95% up this year, which if you pull the seven biggest stocks out of the S&P 500, high growth stocks out, you will discover that the S&P 500, the S&P was a 493, they call it, is up about 3% right now. So if you're not invested in the crazy high growth, high price earnings, multiple gigantic stocks, you we, probably have not seen right. a great deal of growth. We,
0: we used to call them the Fang, but then they universally started changing their own names. So now it's like a it doesn't make any sense. You can't make an acronym out of their name anymore. So now they're being called the Magnificent Seven. That is the most often referred to title. I don't know why they call them Magnificent. Just, that's, well, it's coming out of samurai movies or something. It's
1: kind of like the Nifty Fifty.
0: Yeah, Back in the
1: 1950s, there was a nifty-fifty, and there was these stocks that everybody should own.
0: We are not to the point
1: where the pundits are telling everybody you should own these seven stocks. Some uh, people get are. There,
0: Some people when definitely
1: we, are. When we, when we get to where that is the popular opinion and it sticks around for a while, I'm, then I'm, we're going to be worried about a bear market. If
0: there's one nameable person... That is a pundit on the stock market. One person's name that stands out amongst amongst the rest. And I may be wrong to a lot of people here, but for me, I don't watch the program, but I hear his name more than anybody else in stock picking world of media. And that's Jim Cramer. Mm -hmm. And he's all about the Magnificent Seven. So the Nifty Fifty is reborn in seven stocks. Uh,
1: and the other thing about Jim Kramer, I've seen several articles where if you'd followed his buy recommendations over a long period of time you would have lost a great deal of money but that's beside the point yeah um, but he's he's popular and do people do by the way, him mentioning a stock on his show causes the stock to rise correct So that's tremendous power uh, and he had, which I'm sure makes him a lot of money. He discloses by the way that he owns the stock oh, oh yeah which makes it legal and then when the stock goes up,
0: he can he sell it if he wants. He
1: sells it and makes his profit. And then, anyway, it's, that's he how wants. he makes a lot of money. Just
0: another side note. This is something- Perfectly legitimate. This is not rumor. This is something he has talked about on his program in the past. He used to be a hedge fund manager. And this was a long time ago in the early 90s. And he's talked about how he manipulated the market as a hedge fund manager. And- pumping up the names of stocks and so on and then selling them and buying them and he said that was just standard practice the statute of limitations is over on that but that that's an illegal thing you're not supposed to do that and uh he he only said it after the statute of limitations were up so he couldn't he's not in the business anymore but i don't think they would let him back into the business at this point after the uh confessions he's made on the air
1: who's who's they
0: Uh, they, the other hedge funds folks that would actually have to hire him to do that or start Uh, his own. I think he would have to register and the SEC would say, no, you've admitted some wrongdoing that we can't prosecute you for. But no, I don't want to drag him through the mud because that really was standard practice across the hedge fund world back then.
1: Anyway, the other side of the market, the bond market, not much happened over there this week. The 10-year U.S. Treasury note, which is the Standard bearer for the whole bond market closed out the weekend, yielding 4.23%. It was 4.22% last week, so that's not much of a move. Um, the yields on Treasury bills maturing in less than one year also have been pretty static. They all carry an annualized yield well over five percent. The shortest is the one-month T-bill. It's kind of funny. The highest interest rate on the the highest yield in the bond market is the one month. Treasury bill and as you go longer out to 10 years the yields go lower and lower and lower so it's an almost perfect inversion and then at 10 years which is called by the way by the pundits the belly of the market after the 10-year one they start rising again to about 4.29 out at the 30year uh, it's um, it's an interesting bond market but uh, it's not changed very much in the last week or actually in the last several weeks a barrel of West Texas intermediate crude oil slipped down four. You know, so I said it slipped. Which barrel down? Are, which barrel? For, it
0: slipped. Which one? Uh, you said a down barrel. Four
1: point. Well, it was a barrel. We don't know which one. It's not the barrel, but okay. a barrel. A barrel. Uh, okay. Was it four? It dropped four. The price dropped four point two five percent. It's now at seventy one twenty seven, which means we will see lower prices at the gas stations and, and so I've, on going forward. I've got
0: forward. some news on that as well all for right later go ahead and that did, did that wrap us up for the that's
1: technically it there's okay. lots of other things going on in the market obviously but that's a good summary of the big ones
0: yeah i have a question from marty i it's a tongue-in-cheek question for sure uh the subject is bitcoin all my friends both of them want me to buy bitcoin to make money fast it's a great return on money should i have some in my portfolio so i won't miss out everybody's doing it good investment or no um Obviously, this is tongue-in-cheek. And one of the things that uh, I I think this is a fantastic question, though, because we haven't talked much about this as a concept for a long time. Rather than address Bitcoin itself, let me give you a truism. When you buy something and you just want to sell it later, but you're not going to do anything to it to make it better. The only reason you should expect to make a profit on that is luck. This is true in trading cards. This is true in comic books. It's true in gold. You haven't made it better. Why should you make a profit on it? If you buy a house and turn around and sell it with no changes and you make a profit, that's fantastic. We would give you congratulations from that. But the reality is you didn't do anything to make the profit. So it may just be purely market-driven profit. So there the, the truism is you should never expect to make a profit, and that doesn't matter if you're at work or buying something, unless you add value to it. This is true across everything. And I, and I bring this up because it's such a good statement about everything. If if you buy a stock, what value did you add to that company? Well, you owned the company, that's nice. But in the initial purchase of that, that money went to the company to do something. They may have paid off somebody that owned it before, but a lot of that money goes back into producing other and better things. And if you own that stock, it's not a piece of paper. It's a part of the company and you're contributing to its profit or loss by how you vote for the directors and how you treat the executives. You have some control and some say in the direction of the company. When you buy gold, when you buy Bitcoin, there is nothing that you can do to make it better. Unless you're a jeweler or you're in electronics and you buy gold, you can take raw gold and make something absolutely beautiful out of it. You should expect to make a profit. It doesn't matter if the price of gold is up or down. If you made something better out of it, you should expect to make a profit. So long as the thing that you're making that's better is in demand. I used to say is tasteful, but if you wanted to make a gold alarm clock to put around somebody's neck, For $100,000, I would say, well, that's not making it better in any way. But um, for some people, it is. So that's the truism. Is Bitcoin a good investment? It's a speculative investment, just like a trading card. Is it possible to make money in Bitcoin, in gold, in trading cards? Absolutely. And the more you know the market, the better. But it's also absolutely possible to lose a lot of money. You want to add something
1: It's a a zero-sum game. Yeah and and the trade of the whoever's doing the trading in the middle is going to make money every time but no more money will be made it's just like gambling exactly yeah. like going into a casino
0: but the casino's going to make money because if you play a hand of poker the casino gets a chip out of that if if you know, every time you pull that lever on the on the on the machine to make it spin around they're getting a little bit of money whether you win or not uh, the odds are in their favor and we're about out of time for this hour we got more on that subject later because it's It's fundamentally important. If you would like to talk to us off the air, we actually do give investment advice customized to the individual on portfolio management and what to do in the event of buying and selling houses and businesses and all that good stuff. We also do the portfolio management side. You can reach us locally at
1: 254-947-1111
0: or 800-914-7526. That's 800-914-PLAN. You can go to our webpage, thepersonalwealthcoach.com or tpwc.com. You can find us wherever podcasts are. On our website, you can uh, contact us through the contact form or email us directly at jeff at tpwc.com or jake at tpwc.com. And thank you very much for listening. Until next hour, this has been the Personal Wealth Coach, and we appreciate you guys.